Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. We're on Beamaz and Beamer here with our special guest. Yes. Told you yesterday, John Taffer, the one and only uh, Bar Rescue fame, live in studio. Uh, John, thanks for being here. Thanks, everyone, for being here. I I have to say the first thing that comes to my mind when John Taffer's in studio. You know, some people, when they walk into a room, bring (laughs) an energy with them. I think you have that energy, and it's not just you, it's your name, apparently, because... Today, I walked out, you know, we're, we're here very early in the morning, around 4, walked out here around 8 o'clock, and I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, I see a bunch of people who I haven't seen show up to work in over a year and a half. I was, John Taffer's name gets thrown around, and all of a sudden, everyone's back here at work. I'm, uh, you know, you have a powerful name. It must be, uh, have that effect on people. I got them off their butts, huh? Uh, you, this you, pump- there's something about that voice, the name. People get scared into uh, going back to the desk and getting down to things. This company owes you a lot. Those people are finally at their desks for the first time in 18 months. Yeah, if they can find their way around those desks. That's right, right. that's right. They just need a, f- a new calendar. Because it's not March 2020 anymore. We're here, uh, and John's here first and foremost. He's going to be not just here, but he is at the Tops on Transit Road in Depew. That's 4777 Transit Road in Depew from 1 to 3 later today because he's uh, bringing about his new Taffer's Mixologist mixes that we have, and we have some samples of uh, that we're, me and Joe are going to be trying out throughout the day here to tell you exactly how it is. This is allowed, right? Am I the first guest to ever come with my own bartender? You are. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so I'm in the record books then. That is for sure, for certain, you are the first guest to do that, and we're happy to have you back anytime because of it. But we we have to, so these are going to be at tops, and, uh, you know, to kind of get started on these mixes. There's got to be a pressure when you're putting your face and your name on something. And people know you for the best of the best. I mean, I'm watching Bar Rescue and watching the bartenders that you bring in. And I I always say this. I would be a terrible person to go in and judge the bar before, right? Because (laughs) anyone hands me a drink and typically I'm thinking, yeah, all right, not that bad. right? (laughs) But you, you have very high standards, so those have to be met when you're talking about your own mixes. It is a ch- it is it's it's pressure, so you better darn well do it right. You know somebody like me, I can't be embarrassed by anything that isn't the best. So, when I did Bar Rescue, two hundred episodes I've done now, and I'm about to do ten more. I had to come up with five new drinks each rest, each each episode, and I can't do the same stuff over and over again. So I got to constantly play with recipes and flavors, and it's what I do every week. So I said, why don't I make these into a mixer line? So it started with the idea, Brian, that it's got to be the best, or I can't do it. 
So you'll notice it's in glass bottles because we hot fill it and it's fresh and there's no artificial ingredients and no artificial sugars or sweeteners or any of that. So I worked really hard to make sure that I couldn't be embarrassed by it by anyone. But it's a lot of pressure, buddy. And I have, I have Taffer's Tavern, my, my uh, restaurant concept, same thing. When you put your name on something and people you know, look at you and expect the best, you even have to exceed that. Because I don't want them leaving and saying, all right, whoop-de-doo, he did what I thought he would do. I want them leaving saying, wow, he blew me away. It's better than I thought he would do. So that adds a lot more pressure. So I, I, you, have, you told us this off the air, uh, these glass bottles. I'm a very clumsy guy, so I see glass and I kind of move away. Yeah. But you told us why glass bottles are so important for juices like this. It is because uh, uh, plastic bottles uh, aren't filled, a uh, hot filled. So you have to put preservatives and certain other ingredients in it so that it's stable when it's held. Uh, when you hot fill into a glass bottle, you don't have to do those things. But it adds a lot of expense, right? The right. glass bottles more expensive. The shipping is far more expensive. Oh, yeah. It's more of a delicate product. So it adds a lot to the cost. But, you know, again, for me to do it right, I had to yeah. do it that way. Go 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, uh, I've had my first sip. Tastes amazing. And Thank I, you. that I'm sure has to do with the great bartenders that we brought in here from top. So who are preparing things. But I, these are right. The mixes are for the people who look at your show and say, man, all these different ingredients. I, I don't want to carry all of this in my house, yep. uh, you know, all the time. I don't know what I'm doing when I'm mixing. This kind of makes it easy for people. It does, and everyone's the same. An ounce and a half of booze with three and a half ounces of mix. And, uh, you know, a great cocktail is three things. If it's too much alcohol, you don't drink it. You don't have a second one. If it's too sweet, you don't have a second one. If it's too sour, you don't have a second one. So a great cocktail is balanced, right? The sour balances the sweet and the sweet balance. And when it's right, man, it goes down. It's delicious and smooth. So that's what we tried to create with these. So if you just follow that one simple recipe, one and a half and three and a half, it comes out great every time. What are the calories on a strawberry margarita right there? 60. 60 calories in that cocktail. That's not bad. And the Bloody Mary is 15. That's, more and more people are becoming aware of that, right? There's, yeah. It's not just because they put it on the menu, but that's like a total <laughs> lifestyle change. It is a lot, and people are very conscious of it today. We don't want to over-intake sugars and, and artificial ingredients. So, you know, I hate when you see me in Bar Rescue. I go to some of these bars, and they have this day-glow you know, cocktail mix. It's, yeah. There's so much yellow color in it, you think it's going <laughs> to yellow your teeth. But, but you know, I see this stuff all the time, and they're artificial flavored and fake colors and emulsifiers and fake foam. And it's nice to get back to things that are real, you know, that you can trust. I have to second what Brian said. Brian has the strawberry margarita. I have the standard traditional margarita, and it is delicious. I'm definitely going to want a second one, as you said. Yeah, you, you can feel that balance, right? <laughs> oh, the, yeah. The, the sweet to the sour really balances each other. For, for sure. This is not your first time seeing John this week. Uh, well, seeing him. I yes. saw you in passing yesterday at Santoris. I did not walk up and say hi to him because uh -huh. I knew I had an hour with him today. I, he's texting me. He's like, well, I, I think we're okay. John's going to be here because I'm seeing him right now. He's uh, checking out the local landscape. Here. I did get here a day late because of travel issues. I, it, it's wild yeah. traveling across the country now. All these flights Shh. being canceled, delayed. It's intense. But I, I was telling him, how are you feeling right now? Knowing that John Taffer's walking into the bar that you do you get those looks if you go out somewhere where everyone sees your face first they're like oh wow and then they're like oh no if, if I walk up to the bar deliberately 
with that deliberate kind of walk. <laughs> Nobody smiles. Everybody gets really like, so I have to walk sort of slow and mellow, Brian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not, not alarm anyone. But, you know, the funny thing is that, that when I go to restaurants today, everybody wants to send things to tables. So I get to taste so many foods when I go to different restaurants, uh, which is sort of fun. I always get a lot of desserts. <laughs> what do you think about the Buffalo cuisine? You know, Buffalo uh, is a great city for local operations. It's really very special. When you think about, you know, Buffalo Wings came from here because there's this local creativity when operations are locally based. You know, Stuffed Peppers is another great example of something that sort of comes out of this marketplace. But Buffalo is great because it's locally driven. It's not driven by national brands as many other markets are. So it's got what I call character and flavor to it. And the local operations really give it that. And, you know, post-pandemic, I say to all the listeners, support those operations because we're really struggling right now with employees and rising costs. And one of the great things about Buffalo were the bars and the restaurants that give such character to this city and make it so local. We don't want to lose those. So, you know, we need to support them now. What is a, a main mistake now that you're back doing Bar Rescue post-pandemic? What is a main mistake you are seeing with these restaurants and bars coming back from the pandemic? What's the mistake they are making? In some cases, uh, uh, the mistakes they're making, obviously, are, are, are that they can't get supplies, so they're not changing their menus correctly. You know, today it's really hard. I get a thick chicken breast today, I get a thin chicken breast tomorrow, but they don't cook the same. So one is overdone, the other is undercooked. These are big problems when the food supply is inconsistent, not only to be able to get it, but to be able to get it the same specification every time. So that's a real challenge. So we have to make menus smaller. Some of us are are fighting because we don't have enough employees. I would rather close two days a week and provide great service the five days a week that I'm open than push it and provide lousy service seven days a week. That's one of the mistakes that a lot of operations are making right now. So operate when you can, but you know, don't diminish the customer in this process. It, it's got to be tough. You know, we see you so often deal with restaurants and businesses that are, we'll say, mismanaged. You know, to, <laughs> sometimes that's a, a very uh, easy yeah. way of putting it. This, I mean, so many places are struggling through really no faults of their own. And it's hard for even the best of people to find those ways to adapt that you're talking about. It completely. Uh, that's the challenge of the industry today, and, and we can't control that. You know, the government closed us down. Right now, as I speak to you, last week another stimulus check went out, which is encouraging people to stay home more. So in a way, the government has worked against us, trying to work with us, but it's really it, it's, it's been a, a counter to support of our industry, you know, from the shutdowns to the mass mandates to the spacing mandates. And I found it very frustrating, honestly, because restaurants deal in bacteria all the time. We have since our inception. We know how to wash our hands. We know how to clean surfaces. We know how to do that. We know how to use the right chemicals. We've been doing this long before COVID. I found it really disappointing that restaurants and bars were closed who know sanitation and retailers who don't know what chemicals to use on what counter are, are allowed to be left open. I think it was really very backwards. And I think the restaurants were the ones that could be trusted, right, to make sure the environments were kept clean and we weren't given that opportunity. So that bothers me. And I think that a lot of restaurants are still suffering from those decisions. Uh, I want to go back to that stay in open five instead of open seven days. Do you see a lot of hesitation because a lot of restaurants think that shows a sign of weakness if I'm not open all seven days out of a week? Well, you know, I think some people might look at that, but I also think that the marketplace is very aware today of the dilemmas that we have as an industry. It's all over the newspapers, certainly, right? It's been a big topic of conversation the last year. So I think the right signage 
that says, you know, due to low, unavailable staff, you know, we want to protect your experience. We'll be open five days a week, giving you the famous Brian experience that you're known for. <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, uh, but I think we need to do that. The other fact is, if we stay open seven, and I have my employees working 15, 20 hours of overtime to do that, I'm going to burn out my employees right. and lose them. So there's really a double-edged sword here. I got to manage the employees' times. I got to keep them happy right now because I can't lose the ones I've got. So I've got to manage their schedules effectively as well. And we were talking about the other week, actually, um, the from a customer standpoint, our COVID fatigue is a little bit different. Where I think you know, you go back six months ago, everybody's very patient on their best behavior. If they're going out, we're very understanding of all the yeah. uh, difficulties that things. But that's evaporating a little bit, right? Where I, yeah. I think of myself as I've always just been a patient. I try and be the easiest person. I'm, <laughs> I'm a beer guy. I'm, you know, give that to me whenever. Take your time. Just what I, I leave a good tip. Don't make a fuss. That's my whole motto when I'm going out. I don't think a lot of people are exactly like that, yeah. and especially now, it's maybe getting a little bit more antsy. I think people are on their edge a little bit, you know, and I think that we're all a little notched up maybe a couple of notches closer to frustration yeah. and anger and it's coming out look at all the problems in airports today people getting frustrated and angry and you know i think unfortunately after a year like this it seems like a natural reaction that we're all a little tense from this and now when we see a resurgence coming back you know we thought we were out of it so this is a little discouraging too at this moment in time but you know i say again that the first public building ever built in america was a church the first public building ever built in america was a bar the second public building. There were no town halls, there were no city centers, there was none of that then. So bars are the fabric of America. Think of the marriages, the companies that are started, the divorces that are started. Mm -hmm. Think of the life-changing elements and how lifestyle in every city happens within these bars. So it's a very, very important part of American history. Look, you know, George Washington was our first distiller distilled bourbon, about 60,000 gallons of bourbon every year. So, so we have a rich, rich history in this business. I don't want to see it go away, especially in cities like Buffalo where local bars can be so cool. Absolutely. I, where do you draw that line, I'm wondering, because I, I like the – if you had to ask me what's my favorite type of bar to go in, I, I'm more of a dive bar type yeah. of person. But there is – there's got to be a line somewhere where you go from dive bar, a bar with character, you know, maybe a bar that's a little bit older – to a bar that appears on a show with John Taffer, right? I mean, yeah. there is a line somewhere. Where, Where is that? Well, you know, people use the term dive bar. It's really an intimate bar. Dive bars tend to be a little woody, right? They tend mm -hmm. to be a little dimly lit. They tend to be very cozy, very warm. You can sit there for four or five hours, mm -hmm. right? So I call it an intimate bar. Put a couple of holes in a the wall, then it's a dive bar. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so to me, there's no difference between dive bar and intimate bar. So we just create intimate environments. You know, I think Taffer's Tavern is a great example, which is, you know, my tavern concept. It's brand new, but it still has the coziness and warmth of an older bar. Uh, you can accomplish that uh, uh, by decor. So it's, it's not difficult to create uh, uh, intimacy if that's what you're building for. You know, it, we see these bars when you go in on Bar Rescue, and I mean, I am just always baffled that they're still in business. Uh, that, you know, it, they, Me too. They, <laughs> <laughs> that they went this, this long, and you know, there's a lot of times where you'll have to, and watching you storm out of the car is one of my favorite parts of the whole show, you know, I mean, just to see, like, you're going in for, you're going in for work. And, you know, you even tell the people, don't eat that food, you don't want to eat that food. I, I heard you once tell someone they're going to be good friends with their toilet, uh, which is an all-time great line. Um, but 
say, you know, just the standard customer like me. Say I'm out of town, I'm going to a place, I walk into a bar that I don't know that well. What am I looking for? As Brian said, so I know it's not a John Taffer bar rescue bar. Yeah. You know, I always say that you can assess a bar three steps in. And that most people do within three steps in. Think of what you've, you've got. You can smell it within three steps in. You hear the music within three steps in. You see if the bar looks organized or not within three steps in. You see if they're ketchup and bottles and things like that on tables. Are they set up for food or are they not set up for food? Is none of those things on the tables. You see that right away. You see the employees, how they're dressed right away. Are they staying with cigarettes hanging out of their mouths? Are they on the phone? Or is it, you know, professional? All of this happens within three feet. But, you know, also, you know, when you open the front door, is it sticky? <laughs> is the door dirty? So, you know, I think that, that those kinds of things people realize subliminally in the first three or four steps in. But I just said a bunch of them. You know, mm-hmm. is the music right? Does it smell good? Does the bar look organized? You know, one of my pet peeves is I'll pick up a salt and pepper shaker. Is it greasy? Yeah. Okay. Right? That's a real telltale. Is yeah. a ketchup bottle greasy and crusty on the edge? Okay, that's that's not cool if that is. But I think generally within three steps in, you'll get a vibe of whether it works for you or not. John Taffer is going to be at the tops on Transit Road in Depew. 4777 Transit Road in Depew. 1 to 3 today with his new Taffer's Mixologist Mixes. And he's joining us here. You know, to that point of looking at different bars and how things are set up, I... I kind of feel like there's two different type of bar owners after watching your show. And there's the business owner, right, who his goal is to have a good business. And it doesn't matter if he likes what's in there or not. He, he just wants to run a good business and have a successful business for himself and his employees. And then maybe the other category is somebody who wants a business that he likes, Right, that I want to build something that fits my tastes, and that's what we typically are seeing on your show every day. But I, I think about it all the time. It's got to be tough because if I started a bar, I'd want it to be exactly what I like. You know, that would be my whole point uh, or reason why getting behind and starting a bar. I, how do you? I actually asked them this question. I said, "Do you want to run a great bar, or are you building a monument to yourself? Which are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because monuments historically don't make money." businesses make money if you want to build a monument to yourself do it in your basement it's a lot cheaper create Mm -hmm. a great basement bar invite your friends over put a big tv in there and go to town but you know building a monument in business doesn't work you have to build it for them and that's where people get you know get so upset i'll tell them that blue wall stinks to them it's like the most personal thing to me you know to them to me it's 75 dollars a foot for a wall i don't need yeah so we look at things very very differently bars shouldn't be personal they should be money machines they should be built for the customers. They should be built to enhance length of stay. They should be built to enhance spend. They should be built to have you try products and things that you never had before. They should be built for sporting events. They should be built for music or dancing, whatever it is. But they need to be designed to be something specifically. And that's the other area, Brian, where people blow it is they don't know what the hell they opened. And I say to them, okay, what is this place? And they can't even answer the question. Well, is it a, is a, it's, a, it's, it's a Mexican-Italian uh, uh, cantina that focuses upon milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the edges I get are absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, so a lot of it is defining the business for the customer. You're right. I, that has to be a tough thing. And we see you kind of break through. That has to be the toughest thing to break through because – you're talking about a very personal connection to probably every little thing that's in that restaurant. When you're coming in saying, 
we need to scrap all of it, kind of almost start brand new in a lot of cases so that you can run a successful business. I, I don't know how you just get people to let that go. I it, that's why there's such resistance. You know, and I have to break them down some way. So the way I look at it is they're fixed in this world that they think is right. I have to somehow break that world open and make them doubt themselves. So I have a very methodical approach to what I do. I am very rarely angry. I am deliberately angry because I'm making a point. Mm -hmm. It's purposeful what I do. I embarrass you on purpose not by reaction. If it's gonna get you there, embarrassing you in front of your wife or your family, I'm gonna do it. Because I'm there for three and a half days, you're in debt $400,000, you're counting on me. There are two kids at home who are counting on me who are about to lose their home. I've got a wife in the background saying, go John, go John, go John. <laughs> and these people's lives are on the line and I take that really seriously. But what happens guys is I'm there only three and a half days. So I'm in this pressure cooker. Yeah. I don't have time for you guys to come around. You're coming around right now. So I appeal to their pride. If that doesn't work, I appeal to their fear. If that doesn't work, you know, I remember one guy who drank too much. I taped a picture of his son to the bottom of his glass. So every time he raised his glass to have a drink, he was staring at his son. So, you know, these are the kind of things that I have to do to wake people up because I truly believe that every failing business has a failing owner. And if I build these people to Taj Mahal, they will freaking blow it. Mm. So I got to change what's going on in their head to make them successful. Yeah, there was one episode where you had the owner uh, feel the pizza, the Portnoy episode. <laughs> you had the guy feel the pizza. Now, um, uh, you go to a lot of bars. We, we see it every Sunday on, uh, on Paramount. Have you ever gone to a bar that you walked in and said, this is a lost cause? Or do you know that every bar, there is a chance when you walk in? Well, sometimes they're like, they're, there are bars that we've done for Bar Rescue that are literally in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I walk out the front door at night and there's not one light in sight, no matter where I look. So those are a challenge, because you gotta create a destination and cause people to drive 30 to 40 miles to come to your bar. But those are very few and far between. I think I can make almost any bar work in almost any location, uh, if given you know a reasonable team of people to do it with. We're going to enjoy some of uh, Taffer's mixologist mixes well, we sure here uh, during the news break with uh, Randy coming up uh, right now. John Taffer live in studio, and he's going to be at the tops on Transit Road in Depute 1 to 3 this afternoon with these new mixes that uh, I'm about to try a little bit more right now. It's 929. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Welcome. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back to BMAZ and Beamer. You know what time it is. Get on the phone, 644-9875. Caller number four has a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Luke Bryan on Saturday, August 14th, 2021 at Darien Lake Amphitheater, courtesy of Live Nation. Live Nation's return to live with select concert tickets for 20 bucks all in. Visit livenation.com slash return to live for details. Caller number four. You're going to see Luke Bryan Saturday, August 14th. All right. So we're here with John <laughs> John Taffer live in studio. 4777 Transit Road. Tops Market in Depew. One to three this afternoon if you want to meet him yourself and check out some of his new mixes. Taffer's Mixologist. Uh, which is uh, you, So you have a strawberry margarita mix, a Bloody Mary mix, a skinny Rita mix. Yes. What goes into uh, deciding, you know, what exactly you want to put together as a mix? Well, you know, we started with the most popular cocktails. Margarita's most popular cocktail in America, so that was a no-brainer. Bloody Mary's, I just, was one of my favorite cocktails. Okay. And also very, very popular and growing in popularity again. So we started with those two. And, and you know, started building the proper ingredients. We must. It took us about ten months to get the flavors exactly right. Trying this and trying that and trying this recipe and working with different bottling companies who are going to stick to the recipes and follow our systems. So it took about a little over a year to get the product to market. It's. I mean, it's interesting, kind of hearing you talk about some of the cocktails. What is the most popular? What isn't? Because it's not. You know, for. Every individual person, it's a little bit different, right? I look at a Bloody Mary. I am not a Bloody Mary fan. I never have been. <laughs> no. And I can't understand how it has become such a popular cocktail because when I think of it, you know, tomato juice and everything else involved, I'm like, how is that? One, you know, something that apparently everyone's drinking, a vegetable in a glass with uh, alcohol and, and you drink it in the morning. How does that become so, so popular? One of the big trends now are Bloody Mary bars. Where you go up, it's like a buffet of Bloody Marys, and there's all these spices and these ingredients. I've had fun with them. I'll garnish a Bloody Mary with a shrimp, and people love it. Right? And they dip the shrimp into the... I've garnished them with with meatballs on top of a Bloody Mary. You dip the meatball in. I've actually taken grilled cheese sandwiches, overcooked them a little bit, cut them in strips, and stick them in Bloody Marys. So it depends upon how you dress it. You can really have a lot of fun with those drinks if you want to. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm not sure how they got uh, so popular, but I'm sure this is the this is going to be. If it's as good as the margarita, it's one of the best ones out there. I mean, this margarita mix. You're a Vegas guy. Yeah. Vegas is one of my favorite places. Uh, I I am your typical. If I just went to Vegas every year, that's all I need. I I love a week on the strip. But you know, you look at Vegas and, and you look at some of the places that let's just say haven't been as successful. A lot of turnovers. They change their name every four years. Uh, looking at what you do, how would you assess? 
a place, a struggling business in a touristy spot like that? What is their main mistake? You talked about what the main mistake of like a local bar is. What's the main mistake of a place that can't last on the strip in Vegas? You know, it's interesting that you say that because according to Gallup, 67% of people who go out to dinner tonight or a bar who are tourists do so based on a recommendation of a local. So the biggest mistake that tourists, that operations do in tourist areas is they market to tourists. Don't do that. Market to locals. The locals influence the tourists. I mean, think about it. If you, Brian, went to Las Vegas for the weekend, are you going to decide where you're going to go to dinner tonight based on a newspaper ad? No. <laughs> no. You know, and dare I say, maybe not even a radio ad, dare I say on radio. But when a local person says, oh, man, this place is great, go, th you're there. Right. So the way you get a tourist is through locals, and a lot of operators don't get that. John, all those people who just showed up to work for the first time, they left after you. <laughs> as soon as we sealed up the cocktails, they're gone. You scared them up. I, uh, you know, I'm, we talked a little bit about the changes uh, that you know, a lot of places are making. A lot of places are seeing over the last year and a half. And I keep going back to it's one thing from Bar Rescue, your show, that sticks with me. When I think about COVID and the changing landscape of how bars have changed, and that is the double butt funnel that you talked about so many times. And for people who don't know, it's basically a way to bring people very close together when they're going to or from one area of a bar. I, are we done with that? Are you, when you're planning on a new bar, staying away from things like that? Or can we bring that closeness back? Oh, no, I'm not changing my discipline with regard to human interaction. What makes a bar great is interaction. So, for example, at an elevated seating area in a bar, we use low seating. At a zero elevation, we use high seating. The reason why is low seating at a table, high seating at a stool is at the same eye height. I keep everybody's eyes within 10 inches in height of each other. I want you looking at other people's eyes. Then when we look at bars with flows, an elevated area with one staircase, you go up, you see a beautiful girl on the other side of the elevator, you go up the staircase, you walk down the middle, you hit a dead end, you gotta turn around and walk back, you'll never go up there again. I gotta put in a second staircase so you can flow through with a purpose and then get eye contact, and then hear the right music, and then ask her to him or her to dance, and then when you go to the dance floor, there's only a 30-inch opening to get into that dance floor. That is the butt funnel. <laughs> so as you approach the dance floor, you both have a decision to make. And let's say I'm walking up to the dance floor with Deborah, who's standing here with me. As we approach the butt funnel, Deborah, you're either gonna come through face-to-face -face against me, and we're gonna rub together, or at the last minute, you're going to spin around and sort of give me the back to face. And that sends a message. Yeah. Right? It sure does. The rest of this relationship. But bars are not about drinks. Bars are about social interaction. Bars are about relevancy. Bars are about making yourself feel in a certain way when you're there. And that's what makes them great. Is that at all tougher for you? This is some, I pick on Joe all the time because oh. Joe, you know what Joe does? He walks through the grocery store, and I see this more and more all the time now with his earbuds in, and now, you know, over the last year, so many people have had their masks on, and you're, I mean, completely distanced from anyone. It's like, exactly. no one come near me, no one. And I, that's not just the grocery store. I feel like that's more and more in every aspect of, I go out to a bar, and you see people who are just stay away. I don't want to make eye contact with anybody, even the person I'm talking to. I don't want to make that eye contact. I Are, are you noticing more of that? Well, I think that, that, that COVID has had a really serious impact upon that, which really is terrible. Because, you know, when people don't communicate, it is when we get more ad adversarial, you know, when we get more divisive in those kinds of ways. So I'm looking forward to this ending and that happening. But yeah, it is. 
clearly. People are a little more standoffish, they're a little less trusting. You know, that breaks down some of these interactive goals, if you will, Brian. So bars can save America from our isolation. Oh, we certainly can save America. Matter of fact, that that is my mission, honestly, is I think the most successful bars in town have people of multi-generations, multi-ethnic groups. You know, it's the only thing that really creates a difference in bars, whether it's country or rock and roll. Yeah. I can get old and young people in a country bar. I can get different ethnic people in a country bar. I can get different regions in a country bar. But I can't get those country people in a rock bar. <laughs> and I can't get work. the rock people in a country bar. And That's the one thing you can't do. But other than that separation, you can get any demographic group in either of them. Even, and that's really a beautiful thing. Even over the last two years, I, the arguments you see online every day, I have never seen spillover into, into a, bar. a bar. Those conversations that are so adversarial that are on Twitter or you name it, you never hear that when people are face-to-face. -face, Absolutely, you? because they're hiding behind that screen. And my new book is called The Power of Conflict. that comes out in several months, and it's all about that whole premise of how people choose conflict wrongly today. We fight over the stupidest things, and then the things that are meaningful, we don't stick up for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're a little backwards in that regard, and I think that separation has something to do with it, Brian. I apologize for the way I'm sitting here. There's a short in the cord on John's mic, so I'm... I'm <laughs> John, what would you say? You walked in. You say within three steps, you can get a good look at every bar. You walk into the studio. What are you thinking? I, I thought we were doing pretty good in, until I saw Joe, like, sort of jiggling <laughs> yeah. the wires next to me, et cetera. Got a space heater in the corner. We got Joe jiggling wires. It's Everything's fine. Don't uh, don't look twice at this. I uh, So I have a, a few bar ideas I've been holding on to. Oh, boy. And I, now, this is... <laughs> can I just say, before Brian says these ideas, he has built an awesome bar in his attic, and it's exactly what you said. It's the bar that it speaks to him. It's the kind of bar he wants to hang out at, and let me tell you, I love going to Brian's house just so I can go to his bar. Really? That's, that's I, you know, it's, I, it's a monument to myself. That's okay in your house. explains why no one wants to go there. I, <laughs> now, it's all making sense to me now. Uh, no, so I had a few bar ideas, and I was a little weary because I'm thinking, all right, I have these ideas. I've never really acted on them. Do I want to say them out loud to John Taffer, who is the ultimate doer? I mean, right, he's not a thinker and, you know, someone who uh, piddles around, right? He's a go-out-there-and-doer. But I, I thought this was a great – I've run it by a couple of people before, and I haven't seen anything quite like it that's out there on the market. It's the Bar Games app. Right, so I'm a big bubble hockey fan. Yes. And that is not at every bar that you go to. I mean, that's a, a little bit more of a scarce game to find. Yeah, it is. What if you could open up an app and it was, you know, it had your Google Maps look, had all the bars, and the ones that I select on my filter, bubble hockey. Boom. All of a sudden on the app, all the bars that have bubble hockey around there, if I'm in the mood, appear right there. And then people can leave notes Hey, the long stick guy is a little bit, uh, you know, is uh, not as uh, sharp as he should be. There's a defenseman in the net. It's broken or something like that. <laughs> People could do that. And then you expand it to, all right, five dartboards over here, two pool tables. I feel like this is an idea that can get some traction. Okay, now when you told me you had some bar ideas for me, immediately in my brain I said, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that's a really good one. It's a great idea, and I've had a similar thought with regard to football. As you guys might know, I invented mm. NFL Sunday Ticket, right? I was on a board of NFL Enterprises for several years, so I've always had a connection to that, and I've thought to myself, what if you could open a bar app, and you're in Dallas, and you want to know where the Bills game is? 
what bar is airing the Bills game? Yeah. So what if you open that very bar app, Brian, and not only did it talk about bubble hockey or, or shuffleboard or what other mm -hmm. pool tables, whatever else you want, but it would tell you what games they show in that bar that day. So I think you're onto something. I think you should do it. There is nothing worse than when you go to a bar and the goaltender doesn't work at bubble hockey and you're playing against Brian. <laughs> you hear the I mean. music, you dun, 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 you hear it in the background, you know it's there. I get a little excited, you show up and it's not working. Yeah. You know, that is so, the worst feeling of all time. Do so you, bubble hockey, yes, foosball no. Yeah, you know, foosball, it's people are spinning things all around. No one really there's no <laughs> real strategy in this. Uh, yeah, I'm not really good at it. That's the real reason why. That's real. Okay. Uh, but no, I, but you're a serious bubble hockey player. Oh, oh, I found out in a hurry that I'm not because I, <laughs> I went into a, a bubble hockey competition one time, and I'm here. I am every time we play with our friends. You know, not to, I'm not to toot my own. Brian's really good. Yes, I'm. I'm usually on the winning end, and then. Apparently, there's these ringers that travel around and they go and seek out these bubble hockey competitions to win whatever the grand prize is. I was down like six nothing in thirty seconds. I mean, these They're guys are spinning bubble around. hockey hustlers. They're bubble hockey hustlers. I never <laughs> realized that was a thing until I was taken uh, by myself. John, you know we're, we're we're pushing Taffer's mixologist here. You've got the new line out. You're going to be at Thompson Depew in a few hours. I've got a question. I have to come up with a signature cocktail for my wedding. What would you say is a great wedding signature cocktail? Mm. Well, you know, for a wedding signature cocktail, it would be sort of fun to have something that was uh, uh, very adaptable to women. Okay. So I would do something that was in a pinkish-reddish mode because science shows that women tend to favor red and pink-colored cocktails, is research. I would also... Uh, even consider doing a special one for her and a special one for you. Okay. So they're his and hers cocktails. Yours might be bluish, hers might be pinkish, I'm just thinking out loud. And then you can run a little poll at the end of the night and see who sold the most. Were your cocktails ordered more or were her cocktails ordered more? <laughs> I, that's a good idea. I, lo I love but that. It's really nice to have one for her and one for you. Okay, yeah. And that really makes it very personal. And you know, put her favorite spirit and her favorite flavor in it and have a local bartender create a concoction based upon that for you. I love that, that's awesome. I like, now here's the bar idea that you would have hated. I was thinking of doing a similar thing when I got married, except you'd order the signature cocktail, like all right, can I have one of the mass cocktails? And they just hand you a glass of whiskey. And it just you know, it's just a beer. That that's, is. that's your signature cocktail. That's it. I mean, that would be more in the line of what uh, we were going for. Uh, you mentioned uh, Taffer's Tavern. Uh, what is the type of bar that you gravitate to? If you could choose, you know, anywhere to hang out for a night. What are those types of bars that you go to? Well, you know, I like smaller, more intimate bars. You know, I think the days of the large mega clubs, because I used to own large mega clubs, and I think those days are sort of over. I think we're more into more intimate, smaller environments now. Uh, um, should I use this other mic? John, you probably should use that other mic. I apologize. <laughs> Joe here is holding this wire. He's jiggling, and I can see by the look on his face, he's sinking fast. <laughs> I think we're better yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're sounding good, awesome. in my ear at least. So, so I still love those intimate kind of bars, you know, the kind of bars that you like, Brian, is, you know, smaller, intimate bars. I like good quality products, so I like some premium spirits and, and, and a little mixology, but not too much. I don't believe in four-minute cocktails. Yeah, that's, um, th so many bars are doing so many different cool things now. I mean, there's a bar locally, they you jam cocktails. Right? I mean, they're using, like, jelly and stuff, and my wife loves it. I, I mean, just to see them mix it up. I, how far is too far? Oh, I don't think there's anything too far today. I think the great thing about the Food Network and food shows and my show is we've opened up the creative minds of the consumer. 
So people really try fun things today that they normally wouldn't. I think we all have a much more open mind. For example, at Taffer's Tavern, we have small mini grape jelly donuts that we inject peanut butter whiskey in. So it's a peanut butter and jelly whiskey donut. So, you know, years ago, you probably wouldn't be able to sell many of those. Today, we sell them like crazy. So it's sort of an exciting time for mixologists and chefs to be able to play around with all these things. Yeah. Think of all the flavored products that exist today. You know, the flavored vodkas, the flavored oh, yeah. whiskeys. You can have fun with this stuff. Let me ask you, you talked about country bars, rock and roll bars. Is there, say I want to open a bar for everybody, right? And everyone feels comfortable when they walk in with the music. Is there a music that every bar could play to attract everybody. I actually uh, um, own the only patent ever issued by the federal government for the management of music to achieve a desire and ambiance in hospitality properties. Guys, I'm a nutcase. <laughs> I took 57,000 songs and categorized them by key, beats per minute, instrumentation type, vocalization type, and create these weaves and these grids for managing music in nightclubs. And, you know, you make a fortune doing this. So you have a dance set, people walk off, you bring a rock and roll set on, the cash registers get pumped. You do another turnover. So I've created weaves and left turns and all types of music programs uh, for bars and nightclubs. When you say, I'm going to open a bar for everyone, you don't have to say anything else. You're going to fail. Oh. Bars can't be something to everyone. They need to be everything to someone. Okay. Right, so if you're gonna open a country bar, then you embrace it, buddy. You dive in, you do the best country bar in town, and to hell with the rock and rollers. You don't do a non-country And the other way around, <laughs> same thing. And the other way around, same thing. Be everything to that individual. Right. You can't be something to everyone in a business. And that's a mistake that a lot of operators actually make, Joe. Okay. Well, when uh, we talked a little bit in the first segment about Buffalo cuisine and you know, kind of the uniqueness that Buffalo has, it's yeah. missing in a lot of other markets. A lot of that comes from some of the smaller places. I mean, Buffalo, our thing is you go to order pizza, you're ordering from a smaller business. You know, there's no chain pizza places yep. that can make Buffalo pizza. You order wings, it's from a smaller business. How in your mind, I mean, given the experience you have eating actual Buffalo wings and stuff like that, how do you think that is uh, being replicated around the country uh, when people go to different places and they see, I mean, wings are the thing that's everywhere. I, most people here would say they're not doing that great of a job replicating the wings that I eat every day. Oh, no, I don't think they are either. You know, what has happened is, you know, wings have gotten so commercialized. But, you know, you've got to remember the start of the wing here was, you know, nobody was using chicken wings. Uh, they, they cut the chicken wing off the breast and they threw it away back then. What a waste. So somebody here in Buffalo said, hey, why don't we come up with something to do with these things? We're throwing them away all day. So you not only created a flavor, you created an entire industry around chicken wings, which is one of the most popular foods in bars nationwide now. And all of that comes from Buffalo. And that one story at, I believe, the Anchor Bar when this happened back then, and they chose to cook those wings yep. rather than throw them away. So it's become a culture across the country, but Buffalo sauce has wavered greatly from you know the traditional buffalo sauces that you'd have here in Buffalo. You know, there's margarine-based sauces now and there's mm -hmm. other sauces that mimic what you do here. But you're right. It isn't like coming here and getting an authentic buffalo wing. No, and these places need to stop serving it with ranch. 
If you want a buffalo wing, it's served with blue cheese. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. You know, John Taffer, again, is going You're to be... You're a man of tradition, obviously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> John Taffer is going to be at Tops Transit Road 4777. Transit Road in Depew. The Tops on Transit Road in Depew from 1 to 3. And he will be uh, there with his Taffer's Mixologist, which you can get at Tops. The mixes, which are great. We've been having our 9 o'clock cocktails here. That's right. It's a new tradition on BMAS and BMAS. It's, it's a new tradition every week. Uh, John, thanks so much. And enjoy your stay in Buffalo. Uh, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, John Taffer joining us live. Uh, we'll be back. BMAS and BMAR on WBEN. All right. Tonight. Pretty good having John Taffer in studio. First uh, first in-studio guest together. I know you had a few guests the week I was out, but first in-studio guest together of uh, BMAS and BMAR. Is this about to become a 9 o'clock cocktail show? I hope so. <laughs> I'm not against thing. it. I, you know, it's a nice way to unwind at the end of, uh, you know, a long, I mean, for both of us, it's a long day. Yeah. This is the end of our day. You know, that's so <laughs> when uh, I eat, you know, a chicken parm sandwich at nine o'clock in the morning. My wife's like, what are you doing? I said, this is my lunch. That is definitely lunchtime. It's yeah. like my afternoon, uh, ready for it. But no, uh, check out John. Uh, thanks to, for him uh, for stopping by the uh, Tops on Transit into Pew. He'll be there one to three later on today. And if, if you haven't watched Bar Rescue, give it a give it a watch on the Paramount Network, Paramount Plus. It is it's my a favorite, really entertaining show. You know what it is? It is the official show of vacation. I'll say that because anytime you're on vacation, you're staying away somewhere. I mean, Bar Rescue's on 24-7. <laughs> yes. So if, you know, there's nothing that anyone can agree on. I mean, if the TV's open, you just flip that show on. Right. And everybody's interested in Bar Rescue. And he it's funny, he was talking about some of the problems on the planes. I guarantee you he never sees a problem on a plane. No. <laughs> you go if there's someone who's, you know, a little uh, uh anxious or something like that, they're starting to act up and you see John Taffer walk on your flight. Something tells me you're going to be uh, sitting down and uh, enjoying your nice three-hour yeah, ride in silence. You're not holding up that flight. You're, <laughs> right? you're, you're not doing anything to disrupt uh, John or anyone on that flight. Well, Brian, uh, the rest of the week, we still have two shows left. It's uh, a, a great Wednesday uh, little uh, show break here. But don't forget, we still have two more chances for Luke Bryan, and we'll have those for you tomorrow and Friday. And uh, we promise to have two packed shows for you. Your promise, not mine, Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, but no, I uh, had fun uh, with John Taffer again. If you want to hear that or any of our shows, WBEN.com in the podcast tab. Uh, we'll be with you tomorrow. News with Randy is next on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.